Hello. Hi. Welcome to a new season of the Anhedonic Headphones podcast. This is season nine, episode one. Can you believe I've made it this far? I sure can't. It's also the 49th episode overall. Thanks for being here. Uh, I appreciate it. My name is Kevin Krein. Uh, My guest on the program today is a singer, songwriter, and most recently both an ambient and instrumental performer, as well as a podcast host hailing from Toronto. She recently released a new EP under her ambient moniker, Golden, with two L's, and we'll talk about that, in March, and she and I chatted about that the new podcast she launched, as well as the various musical influences from throughout her career. So please, as you are able, give a nice welcome to my guest today, Colette Andrea. (laughs) Well, it's kind of confusing. So I've been performing, like, first of all, my name is Colette. Um, I mainly perform under the name Colette Andrea, but recently, over the last few years, I've launched my um, my ambient project, which is, which is under my artist name Golden, and it's Golden with spelled with two L's. I know it's two L's, um, but <laughs> usually Golden's one. Everyone's like, "What is wrong?" I'm like, "Because I'm Colette with two L's, and Colette is usually spelled with one L." <laughs> so I'm like, you know what? I'll go with Golden and two L's because I'm, I'm I'm a Colette with two L's. Um, so that's where, you know, that came from. So I, yeah, I, I usually perform under Colette Andrea, but the last few years has been under Golden. Um, so that's kind of, in, you know, in, in my singer-songwriter um, days and, and time when I perform under Colette Andrea, it's, it's more, um, it's very different than my ambient music, which is, tends to be more instrumental, droney, you know, music for sleep, relaxation, things like that. So <laughs> yeah, they're very different. So the selection of songs that I kind of chose today are all, they're all over the map. Like they have, they're, they're everywhere. So yeah. And I am, I'm really, I'm, I'm excited to hear kind of like the beginning with like, I mean, you obviously, you play the guitar, but you also play a lot of other instruments too, I'm guessing based on the textural elements of the ambient project. But when it's very cl- a clear distinction from like pop songwriting, music with like verse, chorus, verse to like 11 minutes of like, Mm-hmm. ominous droning I'm like oh I'm very excited to hear kind of your journey with all of this but so you with are you done with like doing singer songwriter stuff and you only are focusing on kind of more the, the golden as like a project or, or do you ever see yourself wanting to return to like pop songwriting yeah um I see myself doing both like I I've been juggling both for quite a while but I've I've taken time to focus on Golden um, just because it's been just a new journey and just something different for myself artistically Um, I I, I always see myself returning back to my singer-songwriter music just because um, the ambient stuff is is no vocal and no singing um, and it's very very different songwriting so um, I do miss some of the other music that I used to do but I just dove really hard into the genre so I I had to just kind of pick and choose where I wanted to spend kind of my time uh creatively and artistically but I do see myself yeah definitely going back and doing the singer-songwriter stuff still um I'd love to do one of the things like I I mainly perform when I was doing my music like I've had bands and stuff but I mainly was performing predominantly as an acoustic artist 
um, sure. just solo acoustic and none of my albums that I that I put out and I released were <laughs> solo and acoustic they I all, I all had bands you know backed up behind me um, or I played multiple instruments on the album and the record so I actually would love to one of the things that I want to revisit in terms of the singer-songwriter music is actually just doing an acoustic album um, to okay. strip down versions of either previous release songs um, and just just because I as my fundamental where I started playing was just singing and guitar so it's still like one of my greatest loves you know so I, I will I definitely will revisit one day but for now I'm pretty I'm okay. pretty focused on the ambient stuff yeah okay well I but before we start talking I wanted to mention you just recently put out a new EP as golden mm-hmm. um, and then you're also doing a podcast which yes. is kind of like a radio show in the sense that it is like you kind of putting together, cultivating a list, or like a, a playlist of ambient songs. And then um, do you want to talk about just like how you came up with the idea for, for doing the podcast? And um, like, is that tough to put together when you release it? And kind of like, how long do you see yourself doing that? Is it just like an experiment for like this year? Cause it is new this year. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then that's like, a, like a great question because <laughs> I've been okay. something I've been pondering, <laughs> so <laughs> I can go over the uh, the details and I'm happy to share because it's I don't know yeah. like yeah so I I released the my new EP uh, before you sleep which came out last month um, in in February um, or actually March I don't know I'm like so confused in terms of what month it is right now I don't know what's happening then you know just before that at the same time um, while I was waiting because you know when you release music you wait for all your distribution and you know it's usually four to six weeks for everything to kind of come out and get released and I was I had just finished my tracks and I set them off for mastering and I had them all set up to be released and uh, I don't even know how I like I never in my life was be like I want to have a podcast like it never really it ever happened that way and especially because I've been more in the ambient instrumental kind of space that I haven't even really been using my voice that much um, in terms yeah. of singing or even really talking like it's very an internal um, type of music to me at least um, and so when I decided to do the podcast I just spend so much of my life like listening to ambient music across many different types of music within the genre and for different purposes as well and um, like on the side of that I've I just spend way too much time listening to the music and there's so many amazing and incredible artists out there that I just wanted to just put everything together um, and just be able to highlight just the amazing work that other people are doing that inspire me, but also that kind of, for instrumental music that, you know, in ambient music, um, it can be very moving and without having lyrics. And so I, I love that part about the, the genre. So I wanted to um, just highlight the artist behind behind the pieces of work because I felt like feel like sometimes in the genre people put on, you know, ambient music or listen to, to it very passively, like it's kind of in the background, you're listening, you're not really listening. Um, and because of that, I want to just be able to highlight the artist, if there's a way that I can talk about the music in terms of what, what the inspiration was. Um, that was like my main kind of intention for the podcast. Because um, mm-hmm. just because I spend so much time listening and also creating and just want to show the love out there. Um, but then I also, on the flip side, like I also teach yoga and meditation and I spend the last, since 2014, I combine a lot of this music in my classes and, you know, at, at events. So I'm always sharing like this music. Um, and so I wanted to also be able to use the music in a way, um, where it can be supportive for people, um, in a different capacity as well. So I, I often on the podcast, you know, although it is a curation of 
themed ambient tracks within a specific maybe focus like ambient music and nature or maybe like ASMR or music for sleep or stress or whatever. Um, I also kind of like to bring in the other side of my life, which is like wellness related, you know, like wellness, spirituality, um, mindfulness, meditation, all of these other elements of myself and I'll put it to like live in one place. So as much as it's like a radio, it's more of a radio show, but then I also put in, you know, themes of wellness. Um, and then at the end, at the very end, um, I do like a guided meditation where it's just kind of to seal in, you know, the listening or the practice kind of, you know, at the end of every show, I, I just put in a guided meditation. So I don't know, I, I kind of just, it kind of just formed that way. I put all the things that I love in one place. That's essentially what I did with the podcast. Um, and then I just started writing them. And then I was like, kind of as a joke to myself, I'm like, ah, I'm bored. I'm going to just put something together. Um, and then it just came, and then I just started doing it. And that's where I'm at with the podcast. So Okay. Is yeah. it is it tough? Is, I mean, is it tough to kind of curate it all around like a specific, like a loose idea, and then like put it all together? Or is it like sometimes time consuming? It, sometimes it okay. can be. Yeah, because I mean, the great part is that I have like I listen to this genre like for like eight hours a day. Like I have it some somewhere on in the background. <laughs> I have it on in a bunch of different places where I find it. So it's like it's always yeah. there, and then. When I hear something, you know, if it's just playing, uh, I'm like, oh, who is this? And I'm like, okay, great. You know what? Oh, there's flute in this. Okay, I'm going to put this on the ambient flute playlist. And then, you know what I mean? So I just, as I'm doing other shit, like, I just put it on. And then I'll be like, oh, wait, hold up. I'm going to go and put this on, you know, the long ambient curation. And then very slowly, you know, I'm placing these tracks. Or if I see something, somebody that has released something, and I'm like, okay, this is great. Putting this on this episode. So I already have, like... 45 different playlists that I'm working on for 45 episodes. Oh, wow. And wow. yeah, okay. so it's kind of like, you know, um, I, I will just put them in and place them in that way. So the curation doesn't always take the longest. Um, I think if I had to come up with new ideas, it would maybe. But one of the other things that I want to start to do is just the same thing me and you are doing. Like, I want to be able to interview artists as well to be able to, and then show a curation of their selected music. So that's something else that I want to start to do, um, which will, won't be as time consuming um, in terms of the curation. But um, sometimes, yeah, it, it depends on the theme. Like last week, I, I released an episode on, on ASMR, which is more um, like specific type of um, audible sounds that cause yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Like, so I was trying to curate and listen to music that had, you know, something in it atmospherically that sounded like some of the things that people listen to when they're listening and seeking out ASMR. So I wanted to combine those two because ambient music is very text, you know, very textural. There's often lots of lots going on in terms of atmospheric you know, sounds or like random sounds in the music. So I wanted to combine both. That took a little bit longer because I was specifically looking for, you know, sounds and other bodies of work that could sound something to do with ASMR. Um, so that took, that takes a little bit of time. But in terms of the actual, you know, the recording of what I'm going to be, or maybe, the, you know, actually it takes some time to, to research on artists. Um, if I'm going to 
um, reach out to them and say, hey, I'm going to feature your track, uh, you know, whatever, um, on this episode if you're interested. Can you, you know, is there anything that you'd like me to share about the track? And then sometimes that takes a while to, like, get back and forth, you know, just like you and I. Yeah. So it's like, so I, and I'm, I'm the worst. So I'm like, oh, God. So when people, like, get, do it to me, I'm like, it's fine. Like, I'm literally the worst at this. Um, I'm like you know, the worst. So I'm like, it's fine. So that takes some time. Uh, and I'll, I'll put things I will, on hold. I will, I, will, <laughs> I, will, I will tell you right now that you are not the worst because you did like respond and we are currently having this interview. I have learned over the course of four plus years of doing this show to not take it personally when people say they want to do it and then never get back to me or just never get back to me. Because I'm just like, oh everybody's God. got their own, everybody's got their own stuff going on. And like sometimes those DMs slide into like the nether region of the other messages yep. folder and you're, <laughs> they just aren't going to see it or they don't check their email. And I'm like, you know what? It's not, it's not me. And it's just like, and that's okay. So like, I'm, I'm grateful that you were receptive to this idea. Oh, of course. I mean, I'm the worst at responding, but like, I will always come through. Like I will come through. Like, I'm like that in like my, my personal life. I'm like, listen, I'm super shit at this, but like, I, you know, like I will come through like 100%. It's just going to be like delayed. <laughs> so I appreciate you. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. being here and willing to put together a list and being willing to chop it up about this. like I mean you play the guitar among other instruments and so some of these earlier yeah. ones I'm like I assume that are they are from your early days of learning the instrument but you are opening with a Jimi Hendrix tune so I know where are we starting <laughs> where are we where are we starting in your life with this one and kind of like how um like what how does music like this? <laughs> yeah how far back are we yeah. going and like what is this what does this mean for you now and kind of just kind of like why like mm -hmm. why was it important enough to include yeah so it's funny because when i was putting the list together i had to like think about my early you know development in terms of music as an artist as a musician influences and things like that and some of the songs that i've like selected they're not even like songs that i listen like i haven't listened to in a long time but they're like just very fundamental in terms of different parts of my life so when i started playing music like i've been playing since at least since i was 14. um i oh I, wow okay regularly but I, I actually started on bass so bass is like my first love bass is my first instrument 
Um, always will be. If someone invited me out to a jam being like, do you want to come and join? I'm like, yeah, I'm playing bass. Like, it's kind of funny because that's like my, like, I just love, I started on bass. I don't know. Bass is my favorite instrument. So even though I'm a guitarist, so it's hilarious. Um, but so, yeah, so I started bass when I was 12 and then I, I started picking up guitar when I was around uh, 14. And when I started learning, and I'm self-taught all the instruments that I play. Um, and when I, when I started playing guitar, um, uh, yeah, I was around 14, and I learn by ear. Like, I just listen, and then I'll figure it out. So that's kind of how I started playing. And from the moment that I started learning how to play guitar, I was I was singing at the same time. So sometimes you would, like, from what I hear from a lot of people, is that you would learn how to play guitar at least somewhat, you know, and then you would maybe yeah. try to start to sing to, to what you're playing. But it's like everything happens all at the same time. I was learning guitar, I was singing at the same time as I'm learning, and also songwriting. So everything started when I was 14, everything, at the same time. Um, and so I chose, I was like obsessed with Jimi Hendrix when I was like around that age too. And I always had this thing where I'm like, you know, if anybody ever asked me what is like one of my favorite tracks of all time that like really defined a certain moment in my life, and it's it's Little, it's little Wing. Like that is literally like, I know yeah. it's like one of the most popular Jimi Hendrix songs. Um, and, but I don't care because it's like, so <laughs> it just like, you know, some people are like, Oh, like you don't talk their music. And I'm like, don't give a shit. The song literally like was just so fundamental to me in my learning. And I learned it by ears. Like, you know, again, one of the first songs that I taught myself how to play. Um, and yeah, I was just, I was so obsessed. It was like in grade nine, like super young and just obsessed with anything kind of Jimi Hendrix. Um, and this song is like super, you know, it's it's one of the lighter songs, I would say, from Jimi Hendrix, and it's, it's very melodic, and I love all the different elements as well in, in, in the song. So, yeah, that's, I don't know, that's why I chose Little Wing. It was just, okay. it's someone, and I always thought to myself, somebody ever asked me what is, you know, one song, and I would kick it off with Little Wing. So <laughs> that's why I chose it. I'd love to just have time one day to just sit down and be like, okay, we're going to start at the beginning and you're going to learn how to read music. Because, like, I think it's super important. And it would, like, help me out so much. Like, I waste so much time by, like, listening and, like, oh, we're going to feel this out. Like, I waste time. So I'm like, I would love one day when I have the time to just sit down and be like, I'm going to teach myself something today. I mean, I teach myself everything. But, like, to, like, really, like, sit down and, like, like do that I'm like I it, it's definitely on my list and I was actually listening to um 
like a podcast with uh, Rick Rubin, and he was interviewing. Oh Lee. sure, 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 sure. And from yeah. uh, the Chili Peppers, and he was like, and I was, I was listening to it. And it's always something that I'm like self-conscious about a little bit because like when I play with other musicians, it's like, oh, where are, you, where are you playing? And I'm like, uh, yeah, don't know what key. Cool. Um, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I'm like, I don't know. It's like around here somewhere. Um, and so I was listening and like, he just you're started. Like, you're like, hold on. Hold, let me turn on the tuner and see what this is. Yeah. Hold on just a second. I'm like, like, I know my chords for sure. Like, I know, I know my chords. I mean, okay. And, you know, I mean, I was learning based by ear, also by, you know, tabs. If I wanted to pick up and learn a song, I would, you know, pick up a tab. But for the most part, it was a lot faster for me to learn by ear than it was to look like to actually look at a tab. So I ended up just doing it myself. Um, so, but yeah, I was listening to that, to that podcast with Rick and uh, Flea, and he was talking about the fact how Flea just taught himself how to read, you know, music last year. And I was like, wow, you've had like a crazy career. You're like one of the best bass players, um, you, you know, you're incredible. And you're just learning how to read music. Um, so to me, I was like, okay, it's not that bad, you know. So <laughs> I think eventually, like, I'd like to get to that point. And I would learn, I would literally save so much time, even in production, right? right? Like, if, And I'm like, I just, you know, I'm very, like, if I can't do it right away, I'm like, hey, no, forget it. I'm going to do the other faster way, which is, like, just outputting and just, just writing and creating in the, the way that I know that I that I can. That's really impressive that you took on a Hendrix song also as, like, a means I of know. teaching yourself. It definitely, like, wasn't the very, very first song that I learned, but it's the one, it's one of the first, because, uh, like I said, I would, you know, if I wanted to learn, after I, I learned basic chords, um, I was like, okay, you know, I'll learn easier songs obviously to play especially on acoustic um but this was like one of the first tracks that i really taught myself by ear um without because if you listen to the song there's no like chords you know i mean there yeah, are chords yeah. but they're not they're not like you're you know if you're on a, on a guitar um, with no capo like in your in standard tuning you know it's not like you're playing an e minor a c a d um, it's all over the place. So uh, you only yeah, have to just watch yeah. it and you're like, okay, great. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's kind of around this time. And also okay. just such a big influence in my life in terms of, uh, my early kind of writing and, and feeling. to move into the next one which is kind of like pretty sure. drastically different from especially from everything else on this list um i know stevie ray stevie ray vaughn <laughs> and lenny I and i mean obviously he is an iconic blues guitarist like mm-hmm. rock blues guitarist and when i when i was listening to this and i was trying to like surmise <laughs> like where things were falling and what they meant within the kind of like development of your like growth as a performer i was like I was just trying to picture you like 
playing these licks or trying to like learn this like kind of bluesy <laughs> rock guitar. And so, where like wh- at what point in we in your life are we getting into Stevie Ray Vaughan? And like, what is the impact so, here? Yeah. So this is more of. I actually don't know how to play this song, but this is more <laughs> kind of how I very like, one of my very first memories of falling in love with guitar. This is more okay. like that versus like you know me playing this song. So I remember so this actually is pre-Little Wing, but I remember being, and this is like random, um, but this song was literally one of the first times that I, I remember being, like, I was 12 years old, I was very, very young, um, and obviously this is not what a typical 12-year-old, you know, <laughs> would be listening to. Would be listening to, yeah. <laughs> but my parents were, like, such big music fans, so I had, like, already so much, like, music that, uh, you know, that I was just it was always music playing in the house. They were not musicians. Nobody played music. But there was always music, physically music being played in the house. Um, big music fans. My, my parents were when I was growing up. Um, and so I was around 12 and my dad had a bunch of tapes, like physical tapes of all of his, you know, his music from, from so many years. And um, I remember finding this tape and I had a little CD player, like, cause you used to be able to play the tape, you know, that's attached to the CD player. Um, oh, like a boom like box. Little, yeah, like yeah, a little yeah, boom yeah, box, yeah. right? So, and I had yeah. all of his tapes. I'm like, oh, I just listen. So I remember putting it in and I heard this song and I was like, oh my God. And I'm like, what is that? Like, I, I just remember sitting in a room and just listening to it and being like in so, like especially towards the end where it's just a lot of harmonics um that are played on guitar and i just remember just just really moving me in terms of like really recognizing an instrument uh for what it was and really just falling in love with um the actual melody and then but but the fact that it was actually just guitar and i don't know why this song um specifically that stood out but i just remember playing this over and over and over again on a tape, like an old tape, um, and rewinding and going back and rewinding and going back and just like falling in love with this track. Thank you. 
I'm not even a, like, the biggest Stevie Ray Vaughan fan. Uh, respect, like, 100% incredible guitar <laughs> player. But I'm not like, a diehard fan, you know? But it's just, if I hear this, I think it will literally bring me back to sitting on the floor, rewinding and going back, rewinding and going back to, like, all the beautiful harmonics that are played towards the end of the song. So that's why I chose Lenny. Okay. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I. I, so if this was your kind of like gateway to like understanding that like the guitar could do this and this was like a, a, something of interest to you, but your parents were not, they don't play instruments. They just are music appreciators. How did you pick mm-hmm. up the bass at 12 then? Yeah. So I, my, yeah. So that pretty much came, my bro- I had a younger brother who was, okay. yeah. So he was, so I would have been 12. He would have been like eight and he was taking drum lessons and um, oh, okay. so he just started taking drum lessons and then my dad was like hey your brother's learning drums like you should play bass <laughs> essentially and I'm like okay <laughs> because you think you guys can jam and it was just a madhouse and I'm like okay so we were really young and so I just I don't know I picked up bass and I okay. instantly fell, fell in love like just that's really I, that's really I don't charming know. Yeah, and that's there's, kind of there was a little a little kid rhythm like a little kid rhythm section and like nobody playing the guitar. <laughs> no, yeah, and my dad like he would can play the same like Metallica song on guitar over and over and over again. And, like I just remember like like let's do this one again. And I'm like oh my god, like you know. So it was kind of and, like he knew how to play two or three songs on guitar, and I'm like like in terribly um and so we used to and then my brother and I just started jamming and he was learning drums and like you know you needed someone to play along with so I just started learning bass and um yeah I just remember that's kind of my intro but I've gone through a long journey in terms of music like even in terms of the selection of songs like I've gone through many different phases of of playing like you know I grew up playing in bands so I grew up playing all kinds of different music I, I grew up you know, writing different music throughout the years and being influenced by so many different artists, genres, times, um, super random, it's super all over the place. But that's, uh, but because of that, like when you play multi, when you're multi instrumental, like I play guitar, bass, I play some keys, but it's only really to record. Um, you know, like I will teach myself mandolin, like I'll, I'll pick up instruments all the time just to be able to kind of record and write with them. And then I like stop playing yeah. them. So I, you know, naturally <laughs> you listen to so many different genres because of all the different instruments you play. So. Shiver the 
Are you ready to move into the next one? And I was like yeah. pretty excited to see this one on here. Um, okay. And I'm curious. <laughs> I'm very curious about kind of like where this falls into your development as a as a as an artist and like what your relationship to Nirvana is, especially like the Unplugged album. But so you picked mm-hmm. "Where Did You Sleep Last Night," which is the closing yeah. track from the Unplugged album. The closing. <laughs> yes. And and so, I mean. What is your relationship with this song and kind of the band specifically and like where in your life are we coming in with this one? So this one I'm coming in, I was probably around grade, these are all all these tracks other than Lenny, which is like super early on, but like Little Wing, um, Where Did You Sleep Last Night, like Nirvana, like these were kind of around the same time um, in terms of just being, getting just absolutely obsessed with music and guitar and, um, watching everything listening to everything going to so many shows seeing so many different local bands like i just just my whole life you know in terms of like what i love to do and i wasn't i mean i'm still i'm not again a diehard nirvana fan um i definitely know their music i've definitely spent a long time listening to their music but i wouldn't say they're my favorite band of all time sure um you know just in terms of like what like as I don't know like there's so many other artists but I chose this track because again when I was learning um this is super random and really nerdy but it's the first time that I fell in love with like an E minor chord um because the song starts out in E minor and I remember I was sitting at one of my one of my best friends at the time at her house um and we're just sitting and watching the you know it was on MTV it was just like watching the live um the whole thing you know front to back and super spaced out like just I had I remember I had her tack of mine like acoustic guitar um that I was just sitting with that I, I didn't even really know how to play like, this is the terms that I was just kind of messing around doesn't really know what I was doing and I saw him starting to play you know which is a very standard I mean E minor is in almost every single song like, especially on acoustic guitar like it is like it is the most one of the most popular chords in songwriting um, but I remember watching him, like Kurt Cobain, like playing it, and I was like, that's a really beautiful chord. And I was like, I should probably learn that chord. And I was like, just <laughs> watching him, and then I had the guitar on my lap, and then I just started like playing along, like, to as he was playing. And not only is it just a killer track, especially at the end, where it's just like the most emotion, and it's like a real moment in time of him, you know, and an artist, anybody to have been witnessing that live recording, you know, in that time and in that moment would have felt that come through even harder. Like, and so I remember just being like completely like, wow, what a great 
track what a great performance like what an insanely um and again it's the acoustic version like and because i was such an acoustic artist in terms of my whole journey and of being an artist and a musician like i chose the the acoustic um track and version like the live acoustic version of that song because i just remember sitting there watching it and being like that's a beautiful chord what a great song taught it myself and then was just like i just remember that like so well that's kind of why i chose this song and, and from there i wrote so much music after that um that was a similar style so yeah it was like it was really i haven't revisited this album in a long time but i, I think about mm -hmm. it a lot because it is it's such a a fascinating portrait like mm -hmm. because so many so many of the songs are covers and it's they just are like, yeah it's and it's just yeah it's just like it's wild because he insisted on having his guitar run through the like an a good like an electric guitar amp like hidden mm -hmm. in a box on the stage because <laughs> couldn't get used to couldn't get used to the Playing. sound of just the acoustic guitar <laughs> without any kind of distortion on it and i just like it's it's a it's such a moment in time it's just like a lasting moment in time especially because it was like within you know this was at the end of 93 i think when this was recorded mm -hmm. and then Mm -hmm. within a couple of months you know he had passed and then he had about, passed yeah you know it at the at the end of 94 of this album was released and so yeah this mm -hmm. this version of nirvana in terms of kind of like their in utero into this into the ending of the band is like a huge portion of what i remember like i remember this so vividly from when i was growing up so it was like mm -hmm cool to hear this on here and i hadn't i hadn't sat with this for a while so like mm -hmm. yeah this was really intense and i was like oh i can't wait can't wait to hear the story on why this one is included yeah and it was intense like there was a very deep performance and there was nothing light about you know the that track too and just kind of you could feel like especially towards the end you can feel him in that last like you know ring of the vocal um, yeah, there's a like, lot of a lot of anguish. So, yeah, yeah, it's like yeah. holy shit, and then it's like right after that, not too long, you know, he passed, and it's like this real moment of time that was captured and gave every time I swear to God, every time I play that chord, I, I always think about this track. It's like yeah, it, it's just like it's, even if it's like a really like quick snapshot of like you know if you blink your eyes, it's like you can see. I can see myself in that room with a tack of my guitar, listening to that, being like, holy <laughs> shit, like, wow. Like, it's like that, in that one second, like, tiny, not even a second, yeah. like a tiny little blank, I can, yeah. takes me right back to that track. So, it's cool that you also connect with it.
kind of jumping ahead um, a little bit in time with the next one. And so we're getting into Chan Marshall, Cat Power, mm-hmm. and Metal Heart. So where are we in your life now if we kind of spent like your like early teen years with the first couple? Yeah, so I would say like these two, like the, both this track and the next one, um, Metal Heart, and then we're moving to Feist. Uh, by which Feist, is yeah. by Feist. So I chose, like, these two were kind of, as artists, um, again, around the same time. Um, I was probably around 16 when I started um, listening to Cat Power and Feist. And um, I remember this was the first time, and because I, so when I sing, like, I don't have a rock voice. Um, I don't really have uh, <laughs> a very, like, strong you know, like pop or a very strong voice for all the music. Like, I, not pop, I didn't listen to pop when I was younger, but like, you know, predominantly what I was listening to were bands like Nirvana, like bands like Jimmy sure. Hunt, like all of these, like, you know sure. what I mean? Like male fronted ma- mainly. I, I listened to like female, but the females that I was listening to was like whole, you know, so it's like crazy <laughs> vocals, like nothing that's like on the softer side. You know, so you're not gonna um, you're not gonna shred your vocal cords. No, trying to <laughs> don't have that, that. voice. <laughs> and so I was like listening to all these bands and all this music, and then I was like a super like I was super into metal. You know, like I was like into all this really hard um, music, and I never you know, and, and again being like a female singer songwriter, being a female artist and writer, like other than people being like, oh, you know, like I remember one of the first times that I was singing, people were like, oh, you sound like uh, Dido. I'm like, Dido? Who the fuck is Dido? Like, you know what I mean? And I'm like, okay. And then, or, or like Enya. And I'm like, Enya? And I'm like, I don't listen to this music. I'm like, you know what I mean? Even though like both, like they're incredible. But like, I have like a very, you know, softer, like falsetto kind of like, you know, airy kind of voice. And I never thought that my voice would ever work within a harder genre or like more of like a... Not even harder, but just nothing that wasn't Enya, which is like New Age, which I return back to, by the way. I was just going <laughs> to say, the, the, the irony at the end of I that, know, though. I know. Feist were like the first time that I heard women singing and playing with music that maybe had some distorted guitar or like that had like 
you know, a little bit that was like deeper, but it wasn't loud, but it was like still like insanely deep. And um, the first time I ever heard, like found a place where I like from my voice was through these artists because not only okay. is it a little bit similar, but they were like just um, it was the first time that I could hear my voice in somebody else um, was through Cat Power and through Feist. version of the song. I remember she actually released, before she had it on the reminder, it was released as a single um, and it's not even on like if you look at the discography. I don't even know where I got this track from but it was actually like a, a band behind it but then later she released uh, Intuition which is on the reminder which is an incredible album. It's actually one of my favorite albums of all time. It's just brilliant and um, Intuition is just also one of the first times that because I used to, when I was learning how to play I'd always play with the capo. Like I just went into right away into the deep end of like okay now the chord that in standard kind of tuning with no capo is like an A or a D or a C now I'm gonna throw a capo on it and now I'm gonna like completely change the structure of the chord and so I when I started you know I started doing that kind of like naturally and then my, a lot of my guitar playing is finger picking and so when I heard this song by Feist Intuition um, I was like holy shit. This is like I love this track and it's very similar to like how I play um, without you know hearing the song before and then I went on later to just I covered the song many times and uh, you know live playing it live and uh, yeah that's kind of why I 
I, I chose it. And so you had said that this was this Feist album is one of your favorites of all time. So I was, my question mm-hmm. was with like the cat with the cat power and with this one is like, are these songs or like artists or albums that you return to regularly and like will listen to like around the house or like put it on in an evening like because i i mean i assume you're not just like bopping mm-hmm. around listening to stevie ray vaughn all the time but if you are that's <laughs> no that's totally fine <laughs> but like with some of, with some of this more kind of like contemporary stuff that had like a little yeah. like a more of an impact um mm-hmm. is it is, is it are there are these artists that have like grown with you and like you return for sure or is it just kind of like yeah, this is a moment in sure. time okay okay yeah exactly yeah so yeah definitely cat power and vice um you know i listen to I mean, definitely more regularly than, than Stevie Ray Vaughan. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, 100%. So, yeah, but they, like, they're, yeah, they're a reminder, like, I have it on vinyl, like, I listen to it. It's just, it's literally brilliant. I'll throw it on all the time. Um, I can, I know every single word of every single song. Like, it's just one thing that's been played back to back for many years. Um, you know, and I was on the, I went to the Reminder tour. I saw her in, in Toronto at Massey Hall. It was literally incredible. Um, and I've seen her so many times, um, but yeah, the reminder like that that album I, I play kind of quite frequently. It's still okay. up there in terms of what I list. Like yeah, definitely listen to cool. it. Cool. Love is real, real is love. So this is a kind of a kind of a, a sharp contrast and like it is mm-hmm. I don't know if this is like a like a middle point between kind of the more can like the more um like pop song structure or like traditional contemporary popular music before we get into like the post rock and instrumental mm-hmm. and ambient stuff but so this John Lennon song love mm-hmm. Um, I was not familiar with this because I'm I have not spent a ton of time listening to like John Lennon's mm-hmm. solo canon. But so, at what point in your life are we at with this one? And then just like what does this, how how are we using this one to jump from the first part of this list into the latter half? Yeah. So I I kind of like in terms of time too. I get, and I know the song is like a lot older than obviously kind of all of them. So it's like probably for timing probably should have started with this one but I actually (laughs) fell in love with this album like just for timing wise but I fell in love with this album a little bit later on like I was about like 18 I would say maybe like that I fell in love with with um like the album which is Plastic Ono Band but 
and again, I'm not not a crazy. Um, like obviously, love the Beatles, love John Lennon, but I didn't spend that much time really getting into them and listening to them, um, especially in the early years of of songwriting. But I don't know. As time went on, I kind of fell in love with this album around seventeen, eighteen, and um, and then I heard the track "Love," which again, it's mainly acoustic guitar. Um, and, and by the way, like in general, like sometimes more times than not, like my favorite songs are the acoustic versions of a popular song like or are you know the acoustic version of of the album the studio album uh song love is you I know, and like this, this song "Love" is you know starts off with um, it's this piano and, and it's guitar, but I love um, it's the first time too that I I I, tr I also really love recordings that aren't clean, you know, in terms of like studio kind of quality. Like I love I always love listening to music where it sounds more natural, and mm -hmm. you know when I heard this song, I'm like this sounds so great because it sounds like there's just a mic in the room and you know maybe like, there's not a lot of production on it I love stripped down versions of things and the lyrics are just incredible and you know the lyrics in terms of, of this track is, is exactly the same way in which I like to love um, and receive love and it was kind of what I was you know really understanding around that age um, and then just the, the actual track itself again it's a more acoustic stripped down version of John Lennon's music and I just, I love the quality of the recording. And I realized, you know, because when I started playing, it's like I couldn't afford to go into studios. I couldn't afford to, you know, go and have this really like clean, polished music sound. Like I started recording with a shitty microphone in a room, you know? And yeah. so hearing, hearing that, but released and out there, I was like, you know, and I know it was a long time ago, but it was still at one point, this is how music was captured you know, um, in terms of just a more natural sounding room and, and not things overproduced. And, you know, I, I love music that is really stripped down and sound, the sound of the recording is just a little bit more intimate than really polished. So that's why I chose the song. Cause it was the okay. first time that I really pondered that and considered that in a recording.
<laughs> Explosion! Explosions yeah. in the sky! Your hand in mine. I, I mean, know. this is just like they are like eight minutes of like bi- <laughs> build drive. up, and yeah, like a lot of like twinkly, shimmery guitar playing and everything. Mm-hmm. So, in terms of this kind of like big instrumental like post I, I mean post rock is probably a, I don't know if that means anything as a genre anymore mm-hmm. to anybody but um mm-hmm. it's like this kind of instrumental rock music what is your are they your access point to this kind of stuff or like were you ever playing this kind of music when you were in bands or wh- how are we getting into this one yeah exactly so I kind of curated <laughs> that I curated the show but I like put the last few tracks that kind of not that they're similar like again these are all different also points in time and like this should give you like a really good like intro to my life in terms of how i am in my waking day (laughs) which is like all over the place um there is no method to the madness it's just what it is and so i just kind of place them at the end uh because you know they're a little bit more recent but and I'm sorry to do this to you, but the explosion in the sky actually goes back to when I was also in grade nine, like again, oh, okay. 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 but for the sake of them being these longer instrumental tracks, I'm like, nah, they'll be nice to kind of segue into. So that's at least what I was thinking. <laughs> so definitely was a big fan of them. Um, again, it was like one of the first times, cause I was playing mainly acoustic music. I was playing, I was just getting really obsessed with guitar. It's like all I did. And I'd go to great lengths to jam and play with people. Um, and this one actually, maybe I was in grade 10, so I was around 16, 15, 16, maybe a bit younger. I can't, I don't know, maybe 15. And I was in, um, when I was in high school, I was lucky enough to have a guitar class at school, which was great. And, um, so I, instead of taking like a regular music class, because I hated, I hated learning how to read music because I'm so lazy because I can do it by <laughs> ear. I was like, I'm always trying to finesse something to like save time and like get on it, like just to output. So it's like, <laughs> I'm like, this is still, it's terrible. But you know, I like was like, ah, oh, I could do it faster by ear. So forget it. I'm not going to learn how to, you know, bleh. so I'd be in music class and I hated music class. I'm like, okay, get me out of here. But then I loved when I was like, I, I loved guitar class because like I was learning guitar and there was way more leeway because the teachers were just didn't really care that too like too too much on you know theory and obviously we did it but it wasn't like the, the fundamentals it was more creative more expressive at least the teacher that I had which was great um and so this this song actually there was about we had we had a break off into groups and I was the only one in the room that chose because there's a it was a guitar class in high school so first of all the only you know chick in my class it was all dudes it's fine like I don't really care but that's just the nature of it like, that's what it is and I don't I don't care because I'm like don't care I shred so it's fine
Um, and so, <laughs> and then so we're in the big room and like, you, there's all these guitars, right? You can pick any guitar to play and they were all acoustic because we, you couldn't have electric and there'd be too chaotic with like 25 students. Um, but there's also classical guitars and I always chose like the classical nylon string guitar to play because like I was learning so much like acoustic music and I loved finger picking. That's like still my style and I, I love playing that way. And when I'm just like, like my enjoyment of playing music is always playing like a classical or acoustic guitar and um so i um just coming back to the track so i don't get you know too far out um we had to break off in groups and choose a song to cover and so people that i was you know kind of friends with um they were also kind of explosions in the sky fans so there's about like five or six of us on guitar and we had to break off in groups and then do like a performance so we chose the song and um, my break of the song, it's actually played on an electric in the, um, in, in the song itself, but I played it on a classical um, because it has similar sounding tone that they were using on, on the guitar, even though it was an electric. So okay. I chose your hand in mine um, because, and it was like the longest song to cover. So it was like an eight minute track and we played it like front to back, but there's so many different like interesting guitar. Um, uh, like there's like, I don't know how many guitars were on this track. If you listen to the recording, it sounds like there's at least like four or five, but then, you know, you can, you can play like a seven, six, seven different guitar parts on this track. So there was, there's a bunch of us that were, were playing and covering it. And it was like the first time that I, I got to cover like a song with like multiple people. Um, and it was all instrumental. So it's, uh, I always found myself I'm just trying to, like, yeah, I was just going to say, I'm trying to picture like a handful of teenagers covering this on acoustic guitars on acoustics yeah it sounds wild it sounds like a wild and playing an eight minute song is like a like a class exercise yes it was just like the longest performance of all time but (laughs) it was like yeah and again like this is like i don't even think that there were tabs for this song because it was at that time like you know i don't know how many i don't even know when this is probably around the same time this kind of came out um at least that album and uh again by ear you know it was like having to like i'm like trying to figure out how to play this song and i'm like all right guys like let me just sit down with this for a day and then give you your parts to play so it's kind of (laughs) what happened in that song so because there's no tab so i'm like y'all gonna have to learn by ear like i don't have to tell you um so it's kind of funny but that's kind of that song and okay always a huge instrumental fan always a big like um I don't know. I, I just this this band in general just like gives me always everything what I need in like a tracks.
This is the one artist on here that I was not familiar with at all. So you will mm -hmm. have to give me a little bit of background on this one. But the song is called East of the Full Moon. East um, of the Full so Moon. So what, what, yeah, so what is the, um, what's, what What are we, like. Deuter. So Deuter is, an, uh, he. Yeah. Yeah, so one of the first times that I started to, so, so, so there's two things happening. Like I'm a music and I'm an artist and I'm, you know, into so many different genres and I'm playing and I'm performing and I'm writing albums and like all this stuff. And the other big part of my life um, is like yoga and meditation and spirituality. And that all started to came, come out when I was about like 16. So I started really practicing meditation and yoga um, when I was around 16. And um, one of the first like ambient kind of new age music that I had ever heard was this artist Duder who goes back like I don't think in at least until like the 60s and 70s um, and was a real like kind of popular artist in in the new age genre and it wasn't until like when I first heard this track and it's very like when I heard it I'm like it's kind of very like spa music like I'm like what is this like it's very spa like but it's the first time that I like stepped back and I it was I think it was like during a practice like literally like after yoga and I forget where I was where I was playing and I'm like who that what is this music because I never really stopped to really sit with it and listen and then I'm listening to all the different parts and there's like flute and then there's like beautiful strings and it's very like almost theatrical and like emotionally moving and I'm like who is this and then I so I started listening to more of his music and it's just really like inspired even though it's very different from my music but it inspired a lot of my intro to ambient music um was through this artist and and through this this track
him as an artist too, I also really connect with because he's a solo, he's a produce like you know produces his own music, um, but he's. I remember watching an interview with him like probably like ten years ago, and he was talking about how he is as an artist. I'm like a super lone wolf. Like I always write by myself. I play by myself. You know, I produce by myself. Like I'll play with people in bands every now and then, but I do like I'm a real like it's a really lonely like process, and it's just what it is. <laughs> and you know, I and I will play every instrument on the the album. I'll play every instrument on whatever I'm doing because I can. And I, I want to, and and I, I just love doing it. And so when I came across Duder, I was like, I heard this interview with him, and he's like, you know, it's pretty much just me in a room with all these instruments, and um, I'm a master of none. Like he's like, I'm a real master of none, but I know how to play all of them, at least enough to record them. And I'm like, oh my god! Like I, it's the first time that I also saw myself like in that same exact way where mm-hmm. it's like I'm often surrounded in this shitty little room filled with all these instruments <laughs> that are like hanging off the wall or like somewhere like on the ground like really chaotically but I'm like just this person with all these instruments and I, I, I'm also a master of none like 100% like I'm not a master of any instrument that I play but I know how to play a lot of them and again enough to be able to sit in a room and press record and create like a 12 track recording um you know like i said i'll pick up mandolin just to learn mandolin part to play in the music like i'll pick up whatever instrument just to like play it enough to like record it and so when i started producing and writing in the ambient genre it, it actually came a lot of my inspiration came from him um and like this track itself so
the the next one here, Stars of the Lid, and they're like mm-hmm. a pretty iconic, like I don't want to say a household name in terms of ambient music, but I mean mm-hmm. they're pretty like I mean they're pretty well known. Um, but with this one, like what kind of influence have they maybe had on you, or like is this just like more of an appreciation for like what they're doing kind of thing? It is definitely both. Like it is a real appreciation for just like. Um, every time I listen to their music, I hear something different and I'm just like, wow, like just so, um, I'm always so moved by their music and this song in particular, like I have played, I don't even know, like it's probably my most played song. Um, if I were to look at a playlist, how much I listen to music, it's, it's up there in terms of like how many times I've listened to this song and this track like, I just chose cause like, it is such an inspiration in, for creatively for, for me and my ambient music. Um, but it just, it has everything, this track just has everything that I loved in like one place, um, between, you know, the piano, which is like, just so like the, the, the melody, the piano, and then just a beautiful, like, um, very analog, like the synths that kind of play out and I don't know, it just has everything in terms of an instrumental ambient track that like I love and I use it in my classes when I teach live all the time and it's just always such a great song for breathing and just lying there and like breathing and like listening and just feeling the story that is played through not many instruments um in a long long track you know way and it's just I don't know it's just more of just like an inspiration for me in terms of um, okay. versus like a moment in time um but yeah, that's why I kind of chose. Are they chose that now, track. Are they are they done as a as a group, or are they just kind of like not actively performing have, anymore? I have no idea, and I'm like it's like my biggest beef. Okay. It's like the the <laughs> instrumental, like even like explosions in the sky. I'm like, when are you playing? Like, what is happening? Because it's like I'm like cause everything is so. I don't even know. There's another artist too. I was just talking with a friend the other day. I'm like, when are they coming back? Like, do they still play live? And I have no idea. I I, I think um, I think I saw something not too long ago with the Stars of the Lid, um, but I I I don't think it was anywhere remotely near me. So I was like, I just ruled it out of my mind. So, but I I think it was like more of like a one off versus like ongoing. I have no idea to be honest with you, but I'll be there. Okay. <laughs> I'll be there if I well, see I mean, it. Because <laughs> I know I know that the, they they haven't put out any new material in a very long time i think like the last record was from 2007 and so mm-hmm. i'm just like i mean and here's the thing is like people are always like i want more music from artists that i love whatever whatever mm-hmm. it's kind of like an artist an artist can only give so much and in a sense like they have given they have given a lot already mm-hmm. um because i mean some of these records are like double triple lps and it's just mm-hmm. like stars of the lid have done a lot already and it's like we we shouldn't always place these demands but it's also kind of like there has been no yeah. kind of like we we are finished see you later or like i'm just like are i don't know what's happening with the project so i didn't know if you had like your finger on the pulse of like the ambient music hot goss or like if you know oh, no no i definitely was. don't <laughs> I definitely don't, but I'll be there. Like I will I'll be there. But yeah, it's it's interesting you say that because it's like, especially their music. Like yeah, maybe haven't released anything since like 2007 or whatever. But 
it's like you can go back and listen and there's so much space in their music that you can just you know like yeah you want new stuff but it's always really nice to just revisit what has already been done because you can listen to it in a different way depending on where yeah. you are and like that day or or that that week or your or that you know that part of your life like what you're experiencing and how you can feel differently about it because of where you're at um so there's a lot of magic in revisiting and you know be what nice I, to hear obviously I... things new Yeah, what I love about Stars of the Lid is, and this is one of the things that I like about a lot of ambient music, is the the ability to kind of like find the space between something that's really beautiful and something mm-hmm. that's kind of unsettling, or there's like an mm-hmm. ominous nature to it, and I think they do that really well. Like, there's always yeah. an undercurrent of something that just makes me a little uneasy in a lot of their stuff, but then it's also, <laughs> yeah. it's also just so, so beautiful and sweeping and you can get caught up in it. But like, 
I'm just always a little on edge when I'm like, where is yeah. this one going? And what are, <laughs> like, what, what is some kind of like terrifying noise going to come in? I'm not really sure what's going to happen. So I just, the suspense yes. that's created in their stuff is also just like really impressive. Yeah. And I'm always like, and even if you listen to the curation of the music that I pick, there is like nothing ever jarring about the music that I pick because <laughs> I don't like being scared. <laughs> like, I do, you know what I mean? Like, not a fan. Um, especially when I'm like, you know, <laughs> listening trying to, to like, focus, trying to focus and like, Focus, like think about like, your breathing I'm like, and your oh, breathing man. is very like, quick because hell? you're terrified like, yeah like and i i appreciate it in the genre like i appreciate it but there's also a lot out there where i'm like i can't listen to this and so i i, I just physically like i'm like I, I it's great for like artistic expression but this is just like not necessarily them but just like yeah there is a lot of sp- and spooky ambient that is that yeah just weird like i'm waiting to out. get like, I guess it's the internet when you're releasing on the internet. Like, you're always waiting to, like, get, like, you know, the beef back from people about things. And I'm like, <laughs> I make it very clear in my podcast that I'm like, I'm choosing music that, like, I sonically like to use in these types of spaces. And, like, I know you don't create music to, like, just be able to cater to these types of spaces. But I'm going to use them in a way where I can platform them in a way that is like so supportive and healing for people to listen to. So that's kind of what I base, like that's what I like as someone that listens. This is what I like as someone that creates this type of music. Um, While I can appreciate all of the avant-garde, like very like left fields coming in, like not even like sonic, like it's not even like, I'm like, what? Like that was a beautiful track. And I'm like, why did, why did that jarring metal like like meat grinder like sound have to come in like at the three minute mark could we not just like can I get that that back and can you just take that out like you know like I know that I know that's so terrible to say but like it's honestly how I feel so I'm just waiting to like be like oh you're not including this this and this this type of you know music and I'm like listen like does it scare me that it's not coming in okay <laughs> it's fine <laughs>
Um, so the last one that you picked is by by Moby, but it's when he yes. does his ambient stuff. And so this is Love. LA 11, and this is from Love. Long Ambience 1. And so I know he does, he doesn't do, he has a, a handful of ambient albums, and I know that like he always kind of dabbles mm-hmm. in ambient stuff as like um, companion pieces to the more kind of like mm-hmm. pop or like more mm-hmm. structured material that he's releasing. So in terms of Moby as an artist, kind of what are what are your feelings about him? And then kind of like, where do we come in with like the ambient work that he does? Yeah, so I actually like never really spent a lot of time um, in, like I, I got into electronic music like way later on. Um, and so I never, like I didn't really grow up listening to Moby. I obviously know who Moby is, um, but I never like, you know, was surrounded by people that were like super into like electronic music or even like even the music that I love like right now what I'm listening to is like very different and so I actually got into listening to Moby other than like what the all of his like biggest tracks that you know you hear like radio or like you know in film or whatever um yeah but I got into Moby through through the album Long Ambience One um which is okay. in 2016 and th- when that album was released and it is, I started, so I, when I started Golden as a project, like I started in about 2018, where I started writing music. And again, I was, before that, like I've been teaching like yoga, meditation and therapeutic classes um, since about 2014. And when I came across with this album, I started really playing it in all of my classes because it was a perfect for like a long sleep, you know, like a sleep-based meditation or... Um, even just like med- for it's really supportive for meditation in general and when I found the album um, it really inspired me um, to release music that I was working on because they were long like I started when I started playing in ambient music they weren't four minute songs they weren't five like two minute songs they were like 20 minute songs like the majority on this on this album and just you know looping not even really looping because I started learning production as I started creating ambient music. Like they're hand in hand to me, just like it was to learn guitar and sing at the same time. Like, so I got into production doing this this type of music because I started playing music and writing music for um, like classes, like for yoga meditation classes. Cause I couldn't find good music that was good for meditation until I found this album.
And so LA 11 is like a 20, 20 minute track. Um, and it just gives me everything that I feel is, um, and of course it's subjective, but it gives me everything that I, that I, I love in terms of using music to, for like therapeutic purposes, whether it's for sleep, falling asleep, meditation, for yoga, for supportive practice, um, even if you're just sitting and using your breath and breathing to music. Um, it's super, you know, low end, like this big revolving kind of like cocoon bass kind of drone that's throughout the whole track and moves with very, very, very light kind of glittering piano that's like very, very reverby and really far in the distance of when you're listening to it. And, you know, you can just press play and you're good for 20 minutes front to back. And it's like, it's just how I started writing music. And when I heard when, it, when this album came out, I was like, oh my God, this is like everything that I love in one place again. And I got into Moby through this album. And then, okay. then I started discovering, you know, the other music. But this, this song, which is the last song that we've picked out of the 10, um, is the most probably inspirational song for my, like, from where I am now. Cool. Um, is there anything else that we didn't cover with any of these that you want to talk about, or have we like successfully made it through your list? I think we've made it through the list. Um, okay. You can see, like, yeah, like I, I feel pretty like good about everything in terms of the story of kind of my, you know, the influence of my life and in, in playing. Yeah. But there's so much music that, you know, I didn't include. Obviously, there are ten tracks. Um, so it's funny to like go back and like choose music, and I'm like, really, you're putting Stevie Ray Vaughan on your collection? <laughs> but it's just what happened, you know. So it's like it's it's kind of funny, <laughs> but yeah, um, it's interesting. I wanted to. Those was great, and I like. I mean, again, I I'm very grateful that you were interested in coming onto the show and talking with me about all this stuff and that you pick such a thoughtful and kind of wildly diverse mix of songs <laughs> and genres to talk about from various pockets of your life and your like development as a performer in, in various avenues. I wanted to ask before we go, so you just put out a new EP and you have the podcast, like what else are you going to be kind of focusing on this year? Do you not really know that yet? Like, do you keep writing? Do you play any of the golden stuff live? Do you ever try to do like a live setup at all with any of that in any kind of capacity? So, yeah. So I'd love to put time into like, I find like when I get into creative spaces where I spend more time writing that I just want to stay with writing and then if I want to do more performing then I'll kind of just do performing like I find it hard to kind of do especially with like time it's like I find it hard to have enough time to do both um so it's like yeah I'd love I have never played live um like my at least golden live and because I spend time like doing more of the individual instruments like in the the writing and production phase like I'm like I still haven't even wrapped my head around how I would even do a live set what I've done like before because um, like oftentimes I'll do I'll do like workshops or classes or live performances using um, like singing bowls like crystal singing bowls so I've combined <laughs> like live guitar with singing bowls um, and like a loop pedal I've done that um, but I wasn't performing okay. golden music I was just doing what I normally do in the, the yoga meditation world that I work in sometimes and I would be doing live, you know, live sound, like quote unquote sound healing or sound, you know, sessions guided with guided meditation. Um, or like during a yoga class I'd play live music that was like supportive. So, and I, I think at some points I was, I was, 
playing some of my old, like my original, like my first when I first started writing, I, I would play that. But I've never um, done like a live golden set, so it's definitely something that I want to do. Um, collaborating with other artists is something that I want to that I want to do more of, um, whether that's through like live performing, um, but, but also being on tracks with each other. So that would that's something that I that I want to be doing, and also one that I have you know I have a new release coming out this Friday. Um, which is with another ambient artist, Six Missing. So that's coming out on Friday. And I'm going to start okay. collaborating more with people, which is, like, kind of fun. Um, and, yeah, yeah, so I haven't done anything live. I have nothing live in the works for Golden, but I'm working on a, another EP right now. Um, I should – I want to be finished up with it this week and um, then just start <laughs> releasing stuff as singles. Um, okay. That's kind of like my just to always cool. have content, you know, being released. And uh, as with the podcast, I'm gonna start integrating people. So I'll be on the uh, awesome. the other side, like where, where you're at. The other side of this. <laughs> <And> I'll be. <laughs> yeah. This is a great intro. You're gonna, you're, you're gonna be you're gonna be the one who's like, tell me where this falls into your life. I'm gonna be like, great. Can we do this day or not? Are you like, are you there? <laughs> are you like, did you like? I know you're on your phone. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm like. <laughs> Can you agree to a date and time, please, Kevin? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, this is... I'm going to be on the other side of it. It's fine. <laughs> but, so, yeah, I'm going to... You're going to you're gonna get, like, two... You're going to get, like, two guests into trying to coordinate that. You're going to send me a message. It's going to be like, yo, how do you do this? How do you get people? This exactly. is wild. I'm like, but what yeah, is wrong very, with these artists? <laughs> It's very difficult to wrangle guests. Like some people are like, yeah, fuck yeah, let's do this. Pick a day, pick a time. And I'm like, cool, sounds good. And other people I'm like, hello, I know you saw this message. Hi, can we yeah. No, Okay, sounds okay, no up. worries if not. Sounds good. Oh man. I, I mean, um, I've had it too, reaching out to people. Like when I asked like, Hey, I want to feature, you know, can I like, I love this track. It's killer. Can I feature it on my podcast? Do you have anything you want to talk, like say about it? Or can I share something yeah. about you? It's like, no, I prefer actually not to talk about my music. I'm like sick. <laughs> Great. See ya. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I'm like, all right, dude, no worries. Like literally I take no offense, but it's like some people I've reached out they're like, well, I'm not really ready. I'm like, no problem. I'm like, I'm here if you'd like to like come back to this like when because I you know what I mean I'm like whatever like it's cool I just want to talk about you because you're sick like that's kind of it <laughs> but it's fine <laughs> <laughs> um well I can't thank you enough for taking the time out of your day for coming on and talking with me but also for having such thoughtful things to say about all these songs so so thank you so much and so before we go where can people find information about you both as like the podcast and then also your work as golden yeah so i have um i mean a lot of everything like more about me and like the discography and some of my other work is like all my website which is um golden with two l's dot ca um so that's on my website and then um obviously on you know people want to find out more like i post on instagram um and then also the, the podcast so my podcast is mainly um well it's actually only on spotify um the reason for that is because i play music um and it's mainly a, like a, a music radio show versus um anything else so i wanted to be able to for people to easily find the artists um and also so it's like you know all the copyright issues that i was running into with the podcast everything just is it's just easier to release it on spotify so right now yeah the podcast is called golden hour ambient music podcast and um 
yeah, it's it's on Spotify. Um, the artist interviews will be everywhere else, but the actual okay. curation of the music and the tracks is on Spotify for now. Okay. Until I figure okay. that out. Cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so awesome. that's kind of it. Great. Thank you again to Colette for chopping it up with me uh, today on the show. You can subscribe to her podcast, Golden Hour Radio. And remember, that's golden with two L's on Spotify. And you can also stream her work as golden from there as well or listen via her Bandcamp page. Uh, The name of the tune you're hearing right now is called Cypress. And that is from her recently released EP, Before You Sleep. This has been another episode of the Anhedonic Headphones podcast. I have been Kevin Krein. I have been writing about music and other things for over 10 years now. That is hard to believe. You can find all that writing, music, and otherwise on my blog, anhedonicheadphones.blogspot.com. You are encouraged to follow me on social media uh, for either my cries for help or photos of my charming dog on Twitter and Instagram, respectively, where I am at KevEFly in both places. And I would also strongly encourage you to subscribe and follow the new podcast that I'm co-hosting with my friend Alyssa Savino. We launched it in January of this year. Uh, It updates every other Monday. It is called A Reasonable Day. You can find that wherever you prefer to listen to your podcasts. Thank you again, and I will see you here next time.